Many churches have a mission statement, but is it just words or does it actually inform what the church does practically throughout the week? We're diving into the mission statement here at One Church TO to define and dissect what we mean by know God, love people, and impact our city. Welcome to the Follow Podcast Season 3. We're talking about no love and impact, three special episodes all about our mission, starting today with what is knowing God. So my name is Matt Smith, and I'm sitting here with our lead pastor, Jonathan. Hey, Matt. And we're ready to talk about knowing. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. All right. So um, we're going to have some really good conversations with some various people in this in this uh, season, but I wanted to start each podcast by just talking about what we mean, because mm-hmm. knowing God is vague enough that you could mean a lot of different things. Yeah. But even before we get that, what is why do we have a mission statement as a as a church? Yeah. Is it is it valuable or is it something that's like a corporate check the box for us? No, I think it's to keep us focused. I mean, there's I think there's a lot of churches that have are doing a lot of good in the world. Uh, we can't be doing everything. We need to do what we need, what we're about really well. But I think this little vision statement helps us keep focused on what's really important to our staff team, to our elders, to our deacons, and to the focus of this church. So no, go, no love impact are three easy, memorable, you know, repeatable ways to remind ourselves what we're all about as a church community. Now, you mentioned our, our community and specific here. Now, I'll be honest, since we, we started using this as our mission statement— I've noticed a lot of other churches have similar ones. Right. So is that a bad thing? Should we be really specific and, and different and unique as a church? Yeah, I think you're. I think what makes you unique is the strategy you employ, right? So I think uh, they should be similar. It's the age-old uh, message mission thing. Uh, so the mission is, we don't get to choose our mission. Jesus chose it for the, the local church. And the message, again, is chosen for us. But the methodologies or the strategies we employ should be unique to our setting. We're, we're a Toronto-based church. It's 2023. We're not trying to build a 1970s church. I'm not trying to build a church to reach someone in New Brunswick, where I'm originally from. Or we're, we're reaching Torontonians here. And if the message is good for others and it reaches out beyond the city, I'm glad for that to be the case. But we're really focused on the methodologies being applicable for here. That's That's... Okay, so I hope that's a good framework for us as we talk about uh, the mission statement in in all of these three episodes. So mm. uh, keep that in mind as we're going through that. That's that's helpful. Thank you. So let's talk specifically about knowing God. When we're talking about knowing God, um, what does that what does that look like to us in terms of uh, what's what is what are we driving towards with knowing? Yeah, I think we're driving towards followership, but I think. Um we're acknowledging everybody's at a different place when we say knowing God. Some people, uh, maybe a beginning part is knowing about God. Mm. And so maybe no one's near close to believing or following or anything like that. But even making God known is an aspect of what we do as a church. Mm. Making God known, even in our worship gatherings, you lead our creative music teams. Like that's the, a lot of those songs are declarational in nature about who God is and his character. And we're making him known and that's inside of our venue, but making them known by the way we impact the city and love others. So there's this element of knowing God that like there is a God. Right. And then I think uh, there's there's this part of believing in God. Mm. And I, I, I know that we walked through the pandemic together, you and I and, yeah. and some of our leadership. And I've often wondered 30 years of pastoring, how come uh, maybe, and I'll own it, how come under my leadership, Maybe some of the disciples that follow Jesus weren't quite as resilient and grounded and rooted as I thought. Mm. And I think sometimes spiritual maturity, we we often um, relegate it to church attendance and time in. And it has uh, I, I can, they, those can be factors, but those are certainly not uh, guarantees of followership. And so mm. someone who follows God elevates from just believing about him, and you can see followership in the transformation of their life. Oh, okay. So it's found in your obedience and everything. I might have said a prayer. I might say I believe in Jesus, and it's very sincere. But really, I'm coming to God more for help for things that I'm on than I am about maybe forgiveness of my sins and changing my lifestyle. And there's mm-hmm. this aspect of old school words like repentance even, 
which, you know, sounds, and I, I, I can already hear kind of the echoes of my childhood and it was not all healthy. It was a lot of guilt around it. But I, I think there's elements of change that needs to be evident in our lives to say we truly are followers of Jesus. Is That's there, what we're aiming for. Is there a personal test that they, if you, if you want to know if you're a believer uh, and you've moved to following, is there a way to, to know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm making it into the following category? Yeah, I don't think anyone ever arrives. So this is an ongoing process. And I think this is where we rely. We're, we're a church that kind of swims in the pool of the charismatic and Pentecostal traditions. And we just really believe in the active work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I think there are moments of conviction for sure. Right. But I think uh, if you're not rooted in community, who's challenging you? And maybe your decisions at work and business and the way you run your money, the way you, you know, you manage your relationship, if it's romantic or, or uh, like a partnership or marriage, or you're managing your parenting styles or loving your neighbors, all of those things require really community to help you work out your salvation, so to speak. Hmm. So there's an element of the Holy Spirit that's very individual and can be very acute in our lives where we feel conviction and edification, encouragement. But I do think uh, God designed it for the larger corporate community to be working together to produce transformed people that follow Jesus. So your question is a hard one to answer because what is the key indicator? Right. Well, I think the way you love people, hmm. you can't separate those two. If I can't forgive you, or or then you know why why would God forgive me and hmm. You know, if my if I lack patience with the people in my life and God is so patient with me, I'm probably yet I probably have work to do there. So the fruit of the spirit is a great way to uh, measure. You measure your your depth and your maturity and how much joy is in your life? Mm. How much peace is there? How about the self-control part? Like those are and, and not condemning. I mean, I've learned that yeah. a long time ago. You gotta look for those moments where you know you've either worked something through or the Holy Spirit's really grown you into something, and that should express gratitude from you, not mm. not not puff us up because that's right. a credit to God. Right. And then those moments where we know we're we're falling short, that should just invite grace, mm. not condemnation. Grace. Right. Yeah. So in in some ways, if if I'm to try and apply this to my life, there might be a little bit of the look over my shoulder. What's changed about me this last year? Uh, that, is is Matt 2021 different from Matt 2023? Is there some fresh surrender? Is there some because if you're following, I love that that term has some direction to it and yeah. movement. And so if we're having movement in our life towards Christ, towards looking like him, to acting like him, to living out our life like him, there should be some change, right? Well, I know you you live this, Matt, and I know we're having lots of conversations as a community about spiritual disciplines. And I think because uh, feelings are sometimes not uh, the, uh, they're important. God feels, God is emotional. Yeah. We are too as beings. But like, I can feel I'm doing good. I don't know if I'm doing good. And <laughs> okay. I think spiritual disciplines help you mark growth. Mm. And again, next could get very legalistic. You right. know that there's a, two sides to that coin. But I think our tradition has not been our greatest strength as spiritual disciplines. We have other strengths. I think our strengths are in experiencing God, right. His power, His presence, but maybe not the disciplines of building a good relationship. I know you're married, yeah, <laughs> and I am too, and I know that great relational hygiene doesn't happen by itself. right? And I'm a bit of an idealistic romantic in life, and I, I feel like, why do we have to order everything? Like, it'll, it'll just flow. And, yeah. <laughs> and I've noticed that Shelly and I have always been healthier and better. Shelly's my spouse partner have been healthy and better when we have both in our life. Right. We have the experiential and those moments of just the feels and the connects, but we have the discipline of like, Hey, I'm taking care of this part. You're taking care of this part. We'll check. All of that makes us all healthy. So I think there's a combination that as you look over your shoulder every year, you can see through your calendar, how you measured your time and your money and all that kind of stuff. But also too, I think is your feels too. Yeah. You know, you feel closer or do you feel further? Right. Yeah, it's a tension to manage maybe less of a, a an arrival point or a, a, a solution that you, 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 you figure it out. Yeah, 100%. Because I think, I think that's really something we need to remember when it comes to knowing God and following Jesus. We're either moving closer or further. We're never 
at the same place. Right. It's not because it's following. It has motion implied mm. in that kind of aspect of discipleship. That means that there's there's no static room. If we're stuck, we're actually moving further away. Right. And um, that's not to build guilt. That's that's to build opportunity. Right. Is it? And we're all we all respond differently. I love challenges. I, I have people in my own family that challenges kind of make them feel overwhelmed. Mm. But I like a challenge, and so I have to be careful that uh, you don't want to turn this. You don't want to gamify your relationship mm. with God. All those apps and everything that gamify, and they can be helpful, and they can be helpful for habit forming and yeah. everything else. But this is a relationship. Yeah. This is this is the God of the universe that invites us into connection with Him. So. I know you have a favorite passage of scripture, Psalm 1. Yeah, yeah. And I often think of it when I think of knowing God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we talk about around here from Philippians, like knowing knowing his power and the power of his resurrection. And because we do focus on the resurrection as being Absolutely. one of the distinguishing yeah. pieces. But uh, let me read a version of Psalm 1, and you tell me what you hear oh, in this. Okay. <laughs> we don't have time for we don't have time I'm, for this? I'm, I'm saying, like, oh. I love Psalm 1. I could spend all day on it. But, okay, I'm yeah. going to read a version of it, yeah. and and I, because I'll tell you what I'm I'm driving yeah. towards, and you tell me. This is the first psalm I ever memorized as a little kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, little yeah, kid, yeah. Nice. So, how well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those, uh, those blind as bats. <laughs> you don't stand in the good-for-nothings. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a plant, replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. What do you see there? Like, and the, yeah. the last verse of it is: God charts the road you take, the road that take, the road they take leads to nowhere. Yeah, I, um, I, I think there, there's such beautiful imagery. If the, the planting is such a, a big part of it, I love that. It, is this the message translation? Yeah, it's the message one. Yes, so yeah, uh, yeah. the planted in Eden. The, he's yeah. he's he's not letting you miss that imagery. No. Yeah. He's driving right home. The the point is connection to our Creator. Hundred percent. The point is to be to be rooted in that. And I love that it's not to be built there. Right. It's to be planted. There's a living. There's a breathing. There's a growing. There's a organicness to it, which is pretty cool. So I see two in, building off what you say. Two indicators of knowing God. One, you're rooted. Mm-hmm. So how do I know I'm rooted? When all this stuff hits my life, that life has a way of doing it. The winds come. Yeah. yeah. Can, am I still standing when it's done? So there's an element of resilience in right. a believer's life. And that's hard. Like we went through the pandemic. You know how I felt. I, I was just, I, I heard all the fear mongering and all the yeah. concern. I was just like, we, we claim to follow an all powerful, all knowing, ever present yeah. God. <laughs> the God who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God who delivered Daniel from the lion's den, and we're scared of what? Right. Uh, the government and policy and all kinds of... So I, I didn't quite get that, and I realized that's a discipleship issue. Right. But then it also says here that you're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month. So mm. are you rooted, and then are you fruitful? Right. So you're always bearing fruit. I'm always bearing fruit. What type of fruit? Right. And so... We, we've got to acknowledge as followers of Jesus, and this is why discipleship is very important. You and I are actually rooted in a Western uh, culture that uh, venerates capitalism and all kinds of things. And I'm not anti-capitalist. I'm not, I'm yeah. not talking about the ideologies, but like often we're more shaped by uh, that than we are Eden. Yeah, we don't realize which kingdoms we're, we're pulling our narratives from, right? Well, we even sometimes read Scripture this is why I believe in reading scripture and community so much. Yeah. And one of the gifts of One Church CO is some 80 nationalities and right. five generations and the gender differences between us mean we read it differently. Yeah. And if you don't have a space where you're reading it with others, if you're just reading it by yourself, I don't trust that I'm not reading it from my, you know, Caucasian middle-aged uh, male perspective, Western Christian perspective. Right. Which needs to be challenged. Right. Uh, a lot of that has uh, all kinds of implications. I won't get into uh, <laughs> some, you know, some colonial mindsets and everything else that right. can go with it. But yeah. I've been so challenged by brothers and sisters from other traditions and pathways and and other cultural backgrounds. So uh, that uh, of the type of fruit that I'm bearing. But one of the litmus tests for us is: Are you rooted? 
and is there good fruit? That's so good. And so, you know, sometimes you need somebody speaking in your life to, about the fruit part. Because I like to look at the parts that are growing really well. <laughs> it's really nice to have maybe uh, my partner or a good friend like you, Matt, challenge and say, hey, there's an aspect of your life. Mm. I think we avoid that a lot. Yeah. But I th- what a gift that Our is. Our culture makes it really tough. We don't like conf- confrontation at all, right? Yeah. Well, like, you know, big parts of scripture is about confronting one another in love. Yeah, some of them seem way more comfortable than we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm always I'm always nervous that the people are really comfortable <laughs> oh, with confrontation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like I, I think in love is the loving. The, yeah. The, if I know you love me, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and, but if I love you, I also give it in a way that helps you get better, not right. just makes you more aware. In a way that I'll understand it too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's why being in relationship, you get to understand. Yeah. There's a reason why some people are really defensive. Sometimes they've been really hurt. Right. So. If I know that about someone, I can take a different tact or approach. Sometimes people are just blind to it, and they prefer it. Dish it up, just put it on the table, tell me directly. Right, yeah. Uh, and again, that requires community. Loving means packaging it well. Right, right. and our world yeah. just keeps shouting at each other. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be like that in the church community. Yeah. But like That's why we believe a lot in community groups, and why we see that as a big part of knowing God mm-hmm. is because we would keep saying, uh, oh, Sunday morning is a phenomenal gathering of the the believers that are connected to one church to but but that's not our primary discipleship vehicle i hope we teach well through our worship time and our teaching and everything but it's going to only happen in a group where people see me up close yeah and you know that that's i think important in a church that's larger you need to be small Mm. but i just think it's important in a believer's life so you mentioned one of the practical ways we do it in groups. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to shift us right now to a conversation with a few of our staff members. And we're going to talk about how we practically as a community practice this. So let's head over to that conversation right now. Okay, so now I get to jump into a conversation with Rachida Mohanaraja and Stephanie Jones. Both of you are staff members at One Church TO. And... Uh, that's that's great, but we we may not know you a little bit. So why don't we get to know you a bit? Maybe just share a little bit what you're what you do around here. Yeah, Steph, cool. You, we'll start with you. Okay. Well, my official title is Next Gen Team Lead here at One Church TO. So I oversee a team that cares for everyone in our church family from zero to thirty. So it's a big age group, um, but basically anything that has to do with youth or students, families, um, my team and I are kind of running that. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. We have lots of fun when you're working with kids. It's always fun. They're always on your toes. Um, and yeah, I think that's what that's what we kind of do. You mentioned zero to 30. And on the weekend, I couldn't help but think that, that Pastor Jonathan also mentioned on the weekend that 30 years old is usually when the frontal lobe is fully developed, yeah. especially for males, which... yeah. <laughs> I remember myself in the right. 20s. Yeah. So you have to think like all of those. Yeah, like I'm still working You're responsible with people who, with all, yeah. for all those people. <laughs> Not fully mentally As soon as the frontal lobe's ready, we send them to the adults. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Gita? So I'm the communications team lead here at One Church TO. So that's everything in the online world. Um, so we're representing what One Church looks like. Um, at, it, we call it our digital front door. That's what our team calls yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. that's the website, that's social media. Um, yeah, pretty much all of that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, if, if you are watching or listening to this, you probably are seeing or engaging with us on social media. The team does awesome work. Okay. So that's what you do, but you're more than just working here. Let's, just to get to know you a little bit, what's your favorite podcast? Other than the follow podcast. Uh, yes, I see how you did that there. Number one. Yep. 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 <laughs> the number one, yeah. Of course. Um, I, um, I'm like a true crime junkie, so I love uh, true crime podcasts. Um, so Unsolved Murder Mysteries is like up there for me. Um, and I just, yeah, it's dark, but... <laughs> one of the ways I relax when I'm walking my yeah, dog. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At night in the dark. Yeah, yeah. you know, just yeah. turn around every corner. Yeah. Wow. yeah. How about you, Cheetah? I'm not as brave as stuff. <laughs> um, but I, right now, I'm currently listening to the Whoa, That's Good podcast by Sadie Robinson Huff. So she was actually in Duck Dynasty. Oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. She's like from that family. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's been pretty interesting to listen to. I feel like what I enjoy the most is I could kind of relate to her being young and then um, growing up in the Christian world. 
Um, so she's talking about that side of it. And yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a good one. It's a good nice. one. It's lighthearted. It makes you feel good, but it also punches you where you need to, yeah. when you need to hear things. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. Actually, that's that's kind of a nice setup. I, uh, we actually do want to hear a bit of your both of your stories. Now, Steph, you shared a lot of your story the weekend gathering. We will put a link to the full teach in the in the show notes and the description. So, um, but just uh, some of the language you used in the weekend that was really cool was the difference between someone who is believing in Christ and someone who is following Christ. Yeah, yeah. So follower and believer. I think it's a really helpful distinction. Maybe can you help just unpack that a bit? You can even share some of your own experience that way, but. Yeah. What is the difference between a follower and a believer? Yeah, totally. And I think my story is a little bit unique in the sense that those two different categories um, of someone's faith journey were very distinct in 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 my experience. Um, so I had an experience um, where, uh, just like Naaman, we were talking about Naaman in uh, the weekend mm. gathering, just like he hit rock bottom, I really hit rock bottom in my life. And um, there really was no other place for me to go, no other name for me to call out to. And so I called out to God. And in that moment, I I knew his, I knew of his existence. I I, I felt it. Right. And so, and I talk a lot about this, how it was just an undeniable faith. You know, mm. scripture talks about like faith, like a child. Yeah. It really was that I, it was like an instantaneous, I am a believer. But what does that, what does that mean? And you had no real background. I had all, right? no, no, background. no one really to look to or talk no. too much about. And, and I said, even on the weekend gathering, I like, I had never really opened a Bible. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know how to look at a Bible, how to, you know, how to read the Bible properly. It's not properly. confusing or not at all. complicated. And, you know, I did, I did the amateur thing. I was like, well, I'm going to open the book mm-hmm. and I'm going to start from the, the front and oh, read my yep, way through. Yep. And it all there makes you go. Oh my goodness. It was, that was absolutely dreadful. I was like, who's related to who? And yeah. how old are they? <laughs> so that was really challenging. And so um, that was a season of, of believing. I was a believer. Mm-hmm. I believed that Jesus was who he said he was, that he died for my sins. I believed all of that. Um, but then I had to work on becoming a follower. And what did that mean? And so the only way that I can kind of explain the follower aspect is when you when you almost like Jesus's disciples like when they had to drop everything mm. um some of them might have believed in who Jesus said he was but then they had a choice they had a choice when he said come and follow me they had mm. a choice where they could be like I believe you I believe that you are who you say you are but I don't I don't not mm. ready to make that that move mm. and um and so I had to start making those moves of how do I live out my faith in a way that's like honoring to Christ and in a way that's, you know, um, how do I do community? How do I serve? So, so those three things are some of the, the really key components of my following journey, following Jesus. The biggest one for me, honestly, was um, serving. Mm. Uh, I started serving here at the church, and um, it's amazing how, like, how God just kind of insulates you with with some key people. Right. And so I started having some really amazing people around me that started to kind of backfill some of that that um, mm. knowledge that I didn't have. Um, and they started to help me learn how to read the Bible. That's cool. And so, so there were some moments like that. And then, um, yeah, and then being in community. So being a part of a community, being in small groups, um, learning with people my own age. So that was those were some really key points of becoming a follower. That's cool. I really like how you said drop everything. Yeah. The disciples had to drop everything. It's so funny because when we read the Bible, it's like, oh yeah, they had to follow him around for three years. Um, but uh, what does it mean to drop everything? Our career aspirations, our romantic aspirations, yeah. our you, you know, like ego totally. <laughs> aspirations yeah. to really yeah. drop what we want out of life. Yeah. And, and I mean, pick up a whole new set of, of, yeah. of priorities, right? Exactly. Well, and the thing is, I was 17. I was in grade 12. I had I had formed friendships for, for four years, some, mm-hmm. some friendships even longer because I came from elementary school yeah. with these kids. Um, I had an, an, a vision, an idea, a mindset of like, this is what my life is going to be about. This is where I'm going. And I mean, organized religion fit absolutely nowhere in that. <laughs> and so I had to drop all of those things that made me, well, what I thought made me me. Right. 
and pick up this this idea. You of, could have just coasted that last year and then decided at the I end. Know, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been so much easier? I'm like, oh yeah, after I graduate, then I'll be a follower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it it's challenging and it was hard, but um, um, the undeniable experience that I had mm-hmm. really just challenged me constantly to be like, okay, well, what does this look like for me? What a gift. Yeah, and it and it was. I, I I'm so thankful that that's how I experienced. Um, the Holy Spirit for the first time, because um, it hasn't been easy. It's been really challenging, yeah. especially again, like I mentioned on the weekend. Um, like I grew up in a in a family that didn't have faith and didn't really practice any organized religion. So really challenging, even on a family front, on friends front. And it was that experience that I had that kind of you held me there, anchored me. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about you, Chia? So your story is pretty different. You mentioned just that growing up around church. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your follow story? Or oh, sorry, belief My story. Belief Let's start story. with your belief story and then we'll get to your follow. <laughs> um, so, okay. So mine is a little different. We were raised Catholic and then we okay. moved into the Christian faith oh, okay. through um, close family friends that invited us to the church. Okay. Um, my dad was like raised Hindu. So oh. he was Catholic because of marriage. And then slowly um, through the Christian church that we ended up going to, he started to actually understand the Bible on a different level. Mm. Um, And so my parents had always had kind of a relationship that was rough uh, growing up. And with that, I think um, the connection to the Christian church and how they uh, made the Bible so uh, practical and applicable to your life, it made it very um, easy for my dad to kind of get on board with Christianity and Jesus and God. So he started to look into and reading the word more. And honestly, I think I'm starting my story with that because that's when I felt the shift in our family. Mm. So it went from feeling heavy at such a young age in our house, just the tension and the heaviness in our house to feeling lighter, even though we were raised in the Catholic religion and we did know Jesus. Um, the belief aspect only started happening when I felt the difference when we became Christian. Mm. Wow. Quote, How old were you yeah. roughly when? I would say like six. Like my okay, sister yeah, is six yeah. years from me. So she was around 12 and I was six. And yeah. that was when we felt like we could feel the difference in our wow. house. Oh, that's so cool. And they started to work on their relationship too, like counseling and all that stuff yeah. with the pastors. Um, but that shift I felt, and then through that, I knew by 12, I knew I wanted to get baptized, and I was too scared to <laughs> make that de- decision out loud. Like, I was, I felt like the adults would judge me. I was, like, oh. a more of a nervous kid and a shy yeah, kid, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'm still, like, shyer <laughs> on the shyer side, but, um, yeah, so by 14, I felt confident enough to make that decision and, and ask a pastor, and we made that happen, so I was baptized 14. But I would say like the follower aspect of my yeah. faith would have happened more recently than okay. what I can talk. Like I, I know I believed in God for yeah. a really long time. I yeah. believed in Jesus. I saw how he worked in my house and my life and he showed up in so many areas. But I think my personal faith journey grew when um, actually the COVID 2020 year <laughs> oh, <laughs> where yeah. I kind of reached moments of like, I, w- I was feeling depressed. I was feeling low. I was feeling pretty down. Yeah. Um, trying to find a job in my field of when I just graduated and yeah. I couldn't find anything and like social media was not um, a high a high job at the time like I couldn't find which is crazy no. crazy? It's, so crazy it's wild <laughs> but now it's like all we hear yeah. yeah but digital marketing and social media just wasn't it at the time so I was like God I know there's a job out there mm. I just can't find it I don't know what yeah. to do here. Um, and I remember coming here, um, or I don't know at what point, I think it was like 2019 before the pandemic, but someone prayed for me and told me a job will open up for you. Just be confident in that. It was like an older grandma. I don't mm. remember her name, but yeah, it, yeah. I still remember that. And then during the pandemic, I held on to that of there will be something, even if I can't figure it out. I've applied to all yeah. these marketing jobs, these sales jobs. I couldn't find anything, but I was still feeling low. I just automatically felt this like, unfortunately this depression of like what's next for me what do you have for me god Mm -hmm. i don't know what to do here i'm trusting you you said to trust you i don't know what to do here um so long story short uh after falling into that and i started to let go of a lot of things in my life i just like i let go of a part-time job i was holding Mm -hmm. on to i let go of relationships i let go of certain things in my life a little bit of that like drop everything yeah exactly that and and then i just kind of said god do your thing and a week after I really made that decision to let go of things was when he lined up like a social, a social media role for me um, doing it on my own. So mm-hmm. I started to work with small businesses for a period of time. 
And that one helped me grow confidence in my skill, but two made me understand that this is what God was leading me into. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, so through that, then I volunteered with the church and then got here. But all of that to say, that was when I think my faith journey really grew because mm. I saw him show up when I didn't know what to do next and I had to let go. Man, like, yeah. I, I don't want to miss here. That yeah. I know this is not like kind of like what we're talking about yeah. in the big theme, but in a micro theme, like storms. Mm -hmm. God uses storms. Yeah, yeah. He uses those tough times so frequently, right? And when you're in those moments, oh, you like, do not think there's any no, God part of that. No, you don't think yeah. God's there at all. You're like, yeah. is Absolutely. this a joke? And um, and it's really hard. <laughs> and then when you come out of it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I see what you yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you a question that you might might take it just a minute to 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 process but like following right now for both of you guys when you when you think of the the practices that you have the routines that you have that you would say that's the category of follow for me that's how I am developing my following muscle mm. um what would you put into that category right now of things that are helping you um i think there was something that really special that came out of a meeting years ago um, when we were trying to talk about what does a discipled person look mm. like. And a word that I've held on to like ever since for my own life, but even when we're designing stuff like with follow and discipling uh, people of the church is actively. Yeah, yeah. Just the word actively. Yeah. What does it look like to actively live like you're following Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really, really helped me. Um, so when I think about that, like that that means that you're doing, like you're 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 a part of something, you're doing things. And so um you can't kind of stay stagnant in that. Like there has to constantly be um uh like you're moving towards things. Um so for me um, well, I mean, in front of our entire congregation yesterday, so I, I occasionally read my Bible. So <laughs> that's one of the ones for me, I know, like for sure, yeah. that's one that I have to actively work, work towards and actively, um, seek out community yeah. is another one I'm actively trying to be a part of. So that doesn't look like just like, you know, meeting once every six months and being like, okay, this is great. No, it's like deep community. Yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. like relying on each other. It's right. trusting each other. It's being right. vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, serving, yeah. serving, giving. Mm -hmm. Those are, again, those are things that when you think about it, like it's like a drop everything kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to hold your hands open and be like, okay, like this is what this means. This is what you've called me to be. This is what actively serving you looks like. Right. Yeah. Pastor Jonathan mentioned a few of those earlier in this episode mm -hmm. where we were just talking about the markers. Yeah. If, if you're, if there's areas of your life that are devoted to him, it shows up in your giving and your serving, your right. time, your calendar. Yeah. 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 How about you, Cheetah? To add to that, you just don't feel it too. Because at that yeah, point uh, you're, you're doing it, but it doesn't feel like you're, like you're making the time, you're separating time to do it. You just want to do it out of the goodness right. of like mm. getting to know him and building that right. relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. Um, what was my question? <laughs> uh, wh where, what are the practices you're experiencing right now? Like, what Oh, right. Um, so me, I'm on the same boat as you, Steph. Uh, Bible is something I'm really working on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, studying and, and that's the same follow discipline I got. But um, I would say like, it's just the morning routine of having a little devotional moment and if I don't and I'll be honest I have had many mornings where I don't yeah it's like God just help me <laughs> like that's how I start my day so just help yeah. me through this day there's moments like throughout my day where I'm just talking to him and that's yeah. my follow story of just like talking to him about help me with this meeting give yeah. me the wisdom and the words those right. are the two common prayers that like wisdom and words yeah because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say i'm the best with words so i i pray that often yeah um, before i head into meetings and things like that but that's what my day-to-day -day looks like and um i find like walks help nature walks yeah. music worship music or not i'm trying to work yeah. on silence and solitude mm. yeah 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 right <laughs> being yeah. silent with yep. him um and those moments he's really shown up when I do allow for that space to happen. Um, but yeah, community. Community has helped so much. I have a community group that we've been meeting every Monday throughout the summer, but currently we're probably going to do bi-weekly and that's been very helpful to that's my awesome. faith journey of just hearing from all of us walking in different spaces and um, our spiritual walks are also different. So to yeah. hear from each other and to hear... Um, I don't know. There's so many moments where you realize, okay, this this makes sense. This connects, even mm -hmm. if we do have different parts or different stories. It just all just 
the puzzle pieces make sense and you know why God put you together in the same mm. room. That's cool. Um, so yeah, grateful for community, grateful for that stuff. But um, I could, I know there's so much more I could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. any anytime you read anything about disciplines, I think you guys would say the same thing. Like uh, whether it's a season of life or just who who you are and what how God made you. Not every discipline is for every moment, right? So Yeah, and yeah. I think that's one that, I think that's something that, like, is really important to remember is that, like, there's seasons. Like, there's yeah. always, there's been seasons where I've been so in my Bible and just so connected to the Word and and waking up and, and really excited to just have that time with God in the morning and, and it's part of my schedule. And then there's seasons where that's just not. And, mm-hmm. and we so quickly beat ourselves up about yeah. certain seasons. So yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think, again, uh, for me, I just try and always go back to that actively. Mm-hmm. And that word looks differently depending on mm-hmm. the season, right? right. I, and, and you know, even just hearing you guys, how you talk, I, I really appreciate that you're starting from um, relational and, for lack of a better term, emotional draw towards mm-hmm. the disciplines, mm-hmm. that it's not... Uh, uh, just ritual and routine. Yeah, there's there's good to both, but yeah. but why I'm saying that is, uh, you wouldn't want to s- spend time with anyone, and they're like, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm so sorry. I'm so bad at this. Like every <laughs> time you see them, for them to just like come and like yeah, beat themselves up in front of you and be like, I, I don't want to hang out with you. It's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like every time you talk to me, you're, t- you're talking about how bad you are. Like I, I think understanding that this father who has such grace and love and desire. He has way more grace for us than we have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And to to be able to just jump into that. And I think there's something beautiful. Both of you have said that there's moments where your soul lights up and that makes you want to come back yeah. mm-hmm. to whatever practice that is or to that experience of of connecting with God. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, th- this is cool. I'm glad we started with your own personal story because it would be really easy for us to just talk about uh, what we're going to talk about now, which is our follow assessment and make it feel like this is a program that happens and this is uh, the specific way to approach this this getting close to God and knowing God and um, for it to be this academic thing and that we're experts here and hmm. telling you how to do it. But I, I hope even just by sharing this that there's an experience that uh, that, that people are having of well, these are humans mm-hmm. yeah. and we're learning from other humans, whether these days or people have written through history about mm. ways that they've connected to God in beautiful and meaningful and practical ways. And uh, we're calling each other to this. Yeah, This isn't something from like uh, the, the, the the on high, you must now. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but practically, th- th- I think for, for this day and age, for who we are as people in Toronto, it helps when someone just says, hey, here's a here's the next step. Do you want to try this? Yeah. And I think, am I describing follow pretty good? Steph, yeah. I know you've, you've especially been involved with the Next Gen follow, but you've yeah. been uh, with our Church Life team helping design some of this. Mm-hmm. Maybe give a quick pitch what follow the follow assessment is or like what what the goal of it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you've you've really nailed it, Matt. Like we it's not experts. It's just trying to help um help people navigate what the next step is. Right. Um and so we've done that for our adults and we've also done it for next gen. So basically follow is just um helping people understand uh some spiritual disciplines that they can focus on. Mm-hmm. Um and so for example, going back to my experience when I instantly believed, I had no idea what discipline spiritual disciplines where right. I didn't know where to start a follow plan and a follow program just takes you through the questionnaire and it's a super quick and intuitive questionnaire um and link it helps, in the description uh, there we go <laughs> uh, yeah. and it helps you and it helps you understand what would be helpful for you to focus on in the season yeah um and so Rachita mentioned and and so we both I guess we both had the same <laughs> one so for for us based on our questions and our responses um, it's suggesting that we focus on the Bible this season. So what does that look like? Well, it's going to give us some tools, some resources, some podcasts, some learnings on how we can kind of focus on that. And what's really cool is they have the um, the program also has these follow-up uh, weekends. Mm-hmm. And right. the follow-up weekends is for everybody in our church community, whether that's online or in person, everybody that also got the Disciplined Bible 
to meet together and be like, hey, what's working with you? What's working with you? Like, I've tried this and it's really not working. And so there's an element of community also um, ingrained in those um, in those follow-up weekends, which is amazing. Um, and so it's, again, it's just, it's to help people find, uh, find the next step. And so that's really cool. And again, the next gen follow is, uh, is similar. Right. Um, mentioned this on the weekend, but we noticed that um, we only, if we, if you had your child, if you had your child here with us uh, from the time that they were born. So the first week of their life, mm-hmm. all the way to the 18, you were here every single weekend. You came to church either online or in person every single weekend me and my team have 1,800 hours with them. That's it, 1,800 hours. Which sounds like a lot up front. <laughs> Which sounds like a lot, but we're we're talking about 157,000 hours. Um, home with parents? Along, yeah, home with yeah, parents. So parents crazy. have 157,000 hours with their children. Mm-hmm. We have 1,800. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's, that's guessing that you're coming every single weekend, right. not missing a weekend. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of time, not a lot of time for us to be able to um, spiritually um, spiritually speak into the children's lives. And so we were like, how do we, we have this follow plan for adults, how do we now teach kids to actively live like Jesus? Yeah. How do we have them understand their faith when they're eight, have them understand what it looks like to follow Jesus, and when they're 16, also look like what it means to follow Jesus. How do I talk about Jesus with my friends who don't believe in him? Um, how do I go to him when I'm really, really frustrated and confused about what he says about these things or mm-hmm. what the Bible says about these things? Um, and so, yeah, and similar to the Next Gen Follow, we have um, community-based moments with our kids where they're in community and um, learning together. That's really cool. I, I, I'm so, like, I mean, Richie, you and I both grew mm-hmm. up in the church. Yeah. And it's cool. You talked a little bit about your story when you're between 12 and 14. Even just, how do I tell someone I'm, I want to be baptized? Right. Um, <laughs> like, are they going to take me seriously? Right. Yeah. yeah. And to have uh, leaders at our church that are trying to make those spaces comfortable for kids. But right. man, I, I hope our parents and our community don't miss this, that this is a partnership, not just between you and our kids. Yeah. But this is something where you're actually equipping us as as parents to be there for our kids. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen this. You guys probably have seen it in different lives around you. That I, I grew up with a lot of kids at church, and the ones who I feel had the greatest chance of success with their own faith is when their parents lived it openly and honestly in front of their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ones where it was a come to church and tick the box and then go home and make my own choices, it was really believer right. type of attitude towards faith. Mm-hmm. Their their kids struggled way more mm-hmm. finding their own footing yeah. with faith as yeah. opposed to the the ones who struggled with following. Right. You know, like yeah. that's oh, that's the that's the struggle we want. Yeah. So I mean, I think it was Pastor Jessica mentioned this on the weekend. If you are a parent, one of the best things you can do for your kids is follow. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, it ties right in with the next gen follow. If you're as an adult doing follow, your kid will will be able to to connect with the next gen follow all that much Absolutely. more easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one one of the big things that we we really love to partner with and uh, create environments are alpha environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of you have been involved, but Richita, I think you were even more recently involved in helping kind of lead a, an yeah. alpha environment, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, alpha, well, why don't you describe a little bit, what what is alpha anyway? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, alpha is for everyone, but it really is for the people that have big questions. Mm. Um, so that's big questions about life, big questions about faith, just big questions, small questions too. But um, so there's a lot of questions that come, or people that come with questions like, why does God let good thing, bad things happen to good people? Right, or yeah. bad things happen, period. All the um, internet questions. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All those questions. Um, try Alpha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but honestly, it, it's for everyone. Because I've learned, because I went in as a leader, um, but I knew that I was going to learn in that season. Right. Like I went in like, okay, God, I know you're going to do something. Because it was like a weird place to be. I, I 
I don't feel like you've ever come to a place in your faith journey that you know you're fully you fully arrived. If you do, you probably <laughs> should a be a little bit concerned. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, but I was at a place where I'm like, I'm ready for something new. I just felt there was something new about to happen. And then when the Alpha opportunity was approached, I was like, okay, this feels like that could be mm, it. Oh, cool. Um, so when I led Alpha, and I think I led it from like February to mid or before end of summer, um, it was... A good group of people, one, I think one person was either atheist or on the line of that. Sure. Um, uh, a couple people were Christian, but like Christian in the sense that their family went or they yeah, they were still trying to figure out yeah. yeah where they were. Um, so just a good group of people with real honest questions. And they brought that to the table. Of course, it took some time of just like, I don't know, we have to get, no, get to know each other. I feel yeah. kind of uncomfortable to share my yeah. thoughts and feelings. Um, but eventually, it, we were all meeting online, too, because this was still um, online era. I think yeah. the upcoming one, September 27th, will be in person. That's what I've nice. heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Link yeah. also below. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was online. And it was just all, a group of, so thankfully, uh, Dan put a young adults all together. That's cool. Um, so even though it was a group of adults, too, however they split it up, they put the young adults people in the same age group in my group. Um, and so we were we were just connecting on one doing life um, together in this in Toronto and then also doing life as trying to figure out what your faith is. Um, There's people that had questions about just big organized religion and Mm, what, what does that mean? And why, why are we even following that? There was a lot of people that like had thoughts based off of what um, the news says about a lot Mm. of Christian um, churches Mm -hmm. and and organizations. And unfortunately when you're coming with that, it's, you feel kind of you don't know what to say back a lot of the sure. time because you're just like, <laughs> you're like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish that wasn't the the situation, yeah. but um, it was just good to talk about it in a safe yeah. place, and that's what Alpha is. It's just a safe space where you're honest about what your thoughts are, your qualms, like anything mm-hmm. that you're feeling about faith and about life. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just it's good for anyone to like. I learned so much. I grew out of it. I came out of uh, Alpha, and I was like, I want to do it again. Mm. But I also am grateful that I went because it did make me think I need to look at the outside perspective more because right. I think that I'm doing that um, with social media and with being mm. on that side of things. But it's so easy to choose the side of the Bible and what we know. Right. Um, and how God's shown up in our life. But there's so many people out there that feel really lost. Yeah. And Alpha provides that they don't, space They don't them. necessarily relate to 100%. Yeah. some of the ways we choose to communicate. Right? Like even us growing up in church and then what your experience was. That those are the type of people that should be in a group um, talking about like what they're feeling, what their yeah. their worries are, what their concerns yeah. are. And that's what Alpha kind of provides you with. We have a little bit of a bias, I guess, because totally. we've been raised yeah. in the church. But someone like Steph's story um, would have another kind of bias. Totally. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I, I love that you kind of pointed out two, two key groups that I think Alpha is for. Initially, when I first heard about Alpha, so much of it was for people who weren't even believing. Like we would use that language of believing and following. Right. Um, people who weren't even believing, but just had questions. People maybe they had had some tough conversations, not tough like arguing, but like conversations about that those tough questions mm-hmm. um, with someone who was of faith and mm-hmm. it was a great invitation. Well, I, let's, why don't we have that conversation here? Um, but there's a whole other person and I feel like in this era, in our community, this is becoming a growing realization. Again, going back to the believer and follower, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're finding yourself in a believer state and not follower state, Alpha is such a great place. Mm. It's true. Um, I actually invited a a friend, and we we did we didn't make it the whole the whole uh, course, but we we made it for a bunch of weeks. And uh, I really did feel that even for people who were uh, had had been around church a long time, there was still so much good foundational ideas, or even like some of the stuff that we think is just. Christian stuff, but it's just culture. Mm-hmm. It's it's our mm-hmm. city. Yeah, yeah. We 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 uh, we assume that it has something to do with Jesus, but it actually really doesn't. Mm-hmm. It was such a clarifier in some of those for me. Yeah. I don't know, Steph. You've been in some of those alpha moments. Anything that we're we're missing that you would add into that? No, no. I think, but just to add to Rachida, what Rachida said, I I 
went in being like, okay, like, yeah, I'll be a leader. Like, I, you know, I, I work at the yeah. church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a leader. Oh, I'm a leader. Like, yeah. I'll do it. And I was blown away right. at the information. And, and like you said, Matt, some of the things where I was like, oh, yeah, like, why do I believe that? Right. Why do I say that I believe that this is real? And I, on in my group, I had a very vocal atheist. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it was so cool to get to know her mm-hmm. and to just have conversation in a safe space. And I know that she felt safe because she was, and she was, she was a scientist. Oh, like, wow. yeah, like doing her PhD. So but, it was wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really she came back every single week. That's she so came terrible. back every single week and she knew that that was a safe place for her. Mm-hmm. And she knew that she could ask questions and her questions encouraged me right. to really seek out what it was that I believed mm-hmm. and what it was that I was, that I, that I was following. Right. And, you know, and so, yeah, Alpha's just, it was a really, really amazing, humbling, mm-hmm. very humbling. humbling. Yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. it was for me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. humbling experience because I was like, okay, yeah, like um, I say I believe these things and I say so confidently that I believe these things right. in culture and in these places, but why? Mm. Right. Why do I? Yeah, yeah. And 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 why why do I so passionately feel these way this way? Mm-hmm. And so Alpha really helped yeah. uh, bring some some clarity and some some good narratives to some of those things. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like discussions like this, conversations like this, uh, the more they happen, the more the more we are healthy people. Mm. That's true. So I, I I hope you uh, wherever you're at, you're you're part of a group somewhere. You have a couple friends. Once in a while, you can have some of these conversations, whether it's like a, a total legit alpha conversation or whether it's just, hey, this is, this is something I'm thinking about or yeah. I'm, I would love to be doing more Bible reading, just saying it now so that you can ask me sometime <laughs> uh, and check in with me. Like what, we, we have these beautiful moments when we, when we do it together that really strengthens everything that mm. we're doing, yeah. broadens our perspective, helps us see things a lot more. Uh, that's really why we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, thank you guys for being our, our special guests today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. And this is my for, number one podcast. Your number one podcast. <laughs> you got it. Um, and, Link uh, below. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. I was just about you're to say welcome, that. You're welcome. Uh, you're going to find everything we mentioned in the show notes or video description, including the, the alpha and uh, follow assessment and everything we've been talking about today. And um, man, we would encourage if anything was hitting you in your heart, please do look into it a little bit at least uh, because this could be a a real chance for you to switch from that believer to that follower seat or at least lean more into it, right? So thank you for leaning in to this honest and open conversation for people who are actively learning to live like Jesus. And we will see you next week for episode 10. Mm -hmm.